Why do you think Leo uh, Leo can't play Capo? No, Leo can play. <laughs> I would love to see him play play Capo. That would actually be like amazing. As as Jim Jones. Yeah, I like it. The guy I, can play Jewels. It's probably a terrible blackface joke somewhere in this. No, nah, I mean, but you no, because you wouldn't put on a blackface. No, I, I would bandana. be. I would just be white yeah. and play Jewels. Yeah, yeah. and I, Leo would be Jim Jones. I like that for y'all. I think that that helped bridge the uh, racial gap in and the like, country. Maybe you Michael Rappaport could play Cam. No, nah, I see where it's going. Very, very productive. Very productive and, then and you progressive. Play, you play Freaky. Uh, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> I'm down with that. I can do that all day. Look, yeah. we got someone authentic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone that's really from the culture. <laughs> that's fucking hysterical, yeah, though. I, lo- I see those memes going around. Uh, people on the internet have way too much time, but I love it. That uh, It did cause some, some pain in my mentions, though. I, I had made a joke a couple years ago mm-hmm. that didn't go over very well uh, with the West Indian community. I what said, joke was that? I said, I wonder if Jim Jones has ever been booked in Guyana for a show and they just put flyers up around the city of Jim Jones performing in, in Georgetown. <laughs> Why did they kill you for that? I don't, I thought it was just a funny joke. And on top of that, it was a bunch of fucking weirdo cult people that went to Guyana. He didn't kill anyone from from Guyana. <laughs> people are just, I don't know, whatever. Well, I fully support. I do want to see that movie, though. Do you know yeah. that story? Not much, but I know some of it. Yeah, Jim Jones, he was a cult leader. They all went to uh, yeah, Guyana and, mm-hmm. and did a mass suicide Yeah, wearing some Cortez Nikes. I think that was the same one. And mm-hmm. put, you know, whatever. Is it a difference? That, what if somebody showed up with Adidas? Could they not have? No, I think you had to put the Cortez on okay. to do so. Sounds like and product drink, placement. Drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Sounds like product, a big product placement uh, thing, but whatever. <laughs> Listen, you ain't got man. no Cortezes on? now. you can't kill yourself. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> like, what? What is this? Like, I still want to kill myself. <laughs> I didn't have Cortezes. And, and once you kill yourself, how are you going to stop me? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, what do we? what is this? It's funny we're joking about suicide already, and we have a doctor to talk about that in 30 minutes. Yeah. This will all come full circle, guys. We're not shitty people. But I think, yeah, I think in some ways, though, um, you know, the whole suicide thing is something that is a conversation I think people should have. I think when you start to make or normalize certain topics and discussions and conversations, I think that is some of the help. Because I think like a lot of people don't like to talk about, you know, certain things and, you know, avoid certain type of conversations. I think that sometimes, you know, and then making a good joke about, you know, some of your struggles, that to me helps too. I made a career out of it. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Speaking of hostages and cults, mm-hmm. uh, did you see the Kanye West ransom mob ties? Uh, yeah, video? I was. I was kind of. <laughs> I was kind of concerned for Ye at first. Like I was looking at it and I didn't understand what was going on. Mm. And then you know, whenever Jay Prince is on camera, I you know, I'm, I'm things are serious. So I'm like, okay, this is something serious. Some Captain Phillips vibes. There. Yeah. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, <laughs> he just didn't want Ye to just go off the hinges and say some some way left shit. No, read this. Say this, and this is the message we're going to get out. We don't want you freestyling none of this. Mm. This is what you, you should say. It was a very yay response, though. And, and not that I don't see the, the importance of uh, the Larry Hoover case. Mm-hmm. But what, what a yay thing to do. Like, yeah. finally, when it's something I need in my selfish ass, right. it's going to be like, yo, let's dead this now. Mm-hmm. I got this cause. <laughs> but, I mean, it, honestly, the, the whole situation between him and Drake is... Like what is it? What is it really about? You know what Nothing. I mean? Like it's like we get you know the affiliation with you know 
Pusha and all of that and how that was a sensitive thing. But is it really that serious? No, I just think Like, should these two, two of our biggest artists ever really be beefing about something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, again, it may be something real personal that any none of them have spoken on. So we don't know. But if it's nothing, you know, outside of what he addressed on Drink Champs, not sleeping with, you know, somebody's wife or, you know, if it's not that, I don't think that there's anything to really beef about. And They're I not beefing about a, money, obviously. I actually thought that Ye shit was actually pretty mature too. Like, and if you did beat, all right, let me know and I can figure it out from there. <laughs> Stop alluding like you beat. Because if you beat, cool, I'll have to go deal with that. Mm-hmm. But don't, come on, don't allude that you fucked. Do you it's feel weird. Like, do you feel like Drake alluded? Do I feel? Yeah. I think Scorpion could be called, hey guys, I'm letting you know that I fucked this guy's wife. Okay. I missed that track, but okay. I didn't hear <laughs> oh, that track. It's, it's one through 27. <laughs> I didn't hear that track. And, you know, maybe I'm just not listening for that, but okay. But yeah, if it's anything outside of that, I, I think that, you know, it's time for them to bury that and, and move on. And I think that'd be great. I think that'd be some really... I think that'll cause change. Like, should Ye uh, have a, a problem if, let's say he did beat before? Not when they were together. He mm-hmm. beat. Before they got together? I could see him having an issue if he maybe approached Drake about that and mm-hmm. asked him in, in, in privacy, you know, have you and Kim ever had any type of relations before we got together? Like, you know, and, and if, you know, Drake didn't want to put that information out there, it kind of was like, you know, I'm not going to just put her business out there. I'm going to wait wait for my double disc. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I understand if he don't want to, you know, expose that information, but I can see why Kanye would feel some type of way about that, though. Yeah, I can see it. Well, I do actually hope that leads to whatever this concert shit is. I think it'll be, I mean, obviously we don't have to, we don't. We know how monumental and how huge that would be. This is definitely like a a stadium event. This is something that is just we don't. I don't think we would have seen two artists of this caliber have a show together. Like mm. I don't know if we've ever seen that. I mean, I I like the cause behind it. I am curious what Ye plans on doing with that, and I'm not making any assumptions about it. I am very curious to see what it would be like if two of the biggest artists did do a show together, and what type of attention that would bring to uh, an incarceration problem. Because mm-hmm. I I do think. And I'm not saying this is what Ye and Drake are doing by any degree, but I do think celebrities a lot of time do all these functions and these charities and these big events and like, just to be for? like, hey, look. Mm-hmm. And nothing really gets done done. Yeah. I think that if they, um, you know, maybe b- build some schools in Chicago and, and um, Larry Hoover's name, yeah. things like that, um, some you know after school programs, community centers, things like that. I think that whatever they do, it, it will cause change, though. I think yeah. I think it almost has to. I'm just curious with the strategy, because like remember in COVID when all those celebrities like sang that song on Zoom <laughs> for the first responders, and it was like, yo, if y'all don't shut the fuck up, you're not bringing any attention or change to anything right now. Y'all are saying, hey, look, I care. Right. Remember when everyone was doing the mannequin challenge? Where were we going as a people, like as society? Where where were we going with that? Okay, I can't. Granted, I did not participate, but Carl can definitely attest to this. The crew I was in at the time. They loved the good mannequin challenge? Oh, we did it at every Palooza with the entire crowd. Okay. Every time. It looked cool, man. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I, listen, people I, just stopping what they're doing. And I just participated like, in planking. I did too. I did too. I have a, I have a, a, a plank photo that made its, made its rounds around the internet. 
I don't think I missed that one. Yeah, I was on top of the chimney. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, all right. Well, I mean, that's I think that's kind of ill. I applaud you. Yeah. How did you get up to the chimney? I've, I've climbed many, <laughs> many rooftops growing up in the Bronx. Where I can get on a roof. Well, what type of chimney was it? It was just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a chimney uh, master. Was yeah. it like a, a one they would use in a, Santa a Christmas movie? Okay. No, Santa can't fit down this chimney at all. Okay. All right. yeah. Then never mind. I'm yeah, not that, thinking that, of that. That all. was really like the one thing I learned in that whole stupid moment in my life of like climbing on top of a chimney and planking. I was like, okay, nobody can fit down this. This is not. This. And how many people have fireplaces? Yeah. Well, a lot of people have fireplaces. I guess. Yeah. They should have they should have redid that lie a little bit better for all the children in the world it's that so didn't have ma- fireplaces. Yeah, my, my, my nephew the other day he uh he FaceTimed me, his tooth fell out. So, you know, I'm he's five, so I'm like, Oh man, you gotta put under the pillow the tooth fairy's coming, you know. Uh, he looked at me, he was like, The tooth fairy's not coming. He was like, Mommy's gonna put my money under the pillow. I was like, Oh, excuse me, that you already know that the tooth fairy isn't real. Like, I'm sorry. Well, my mom told me Santa came through the front door, <laughs> but yet was also trying to tell me at a young age, always lock the door behind you every time, instill that in me, always lock it. So I'm like, all right, should I unlock it tonight? <laughs> what time like, wait, how, what time does Santa have a spare key? Does he know <laughs> oh, no, he it's not a... under the mat, mom? <laughs> <laughs> so we I, grew up with so many bullshit stories, man. It's incredible. Like the Tooth Fairy th- one might be the craziest, though. Yeah, because like when you think about it, it's like, did we think that some like fairy's gonna fly in this room and like go into my pillow and take this dead tooth and you know what it's like to cash? Grow up Catholic with Easter and Christmas and have those two conflicting stories. Like, all right, today we're celebrating Jesus' birthday, mm-hmm. but there's some dude with a beard coming down a chimney. Yeah. Okay, this is the day that he rose from the dead mm-hmm. and I'm going on an Easter egg hunt in the park. Yeah. And and rabbits don't lay eggs. And it just like, taught me. That was, rabbits don't lay eggs? No. Wait, I never even thought about that. Rab- no. You never had a, never had over easy rabbit? No. <laughs> Sunny side up bunny? Don't fucking lay no eggs, man. Rabbits don't lay eggs. Like, it's just oh shit God. that we grew up in our childhood is just, like, full of crazy shit, man. Like, somebody was definitely on acid when they created these stories. Like, it has to be. I just think parents are fucking lazy. I see it now with, with parents. I don't have kids, so shit on me. Of just like the hand over the iPad to shut up. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of our version of that in our childhood, of like holidays and just lying about shit to get us excited and distracted of something else. And hey, this is a gr- great way to get money. Yeah, I get it. It's kind of like when you're married and you're on your best behavior, you might get a blowjob tonight from your wife. And instead of like, hey, maybe you should just teach your kid how to be a, a good kid. You lazy fuck. Okay. I see what you're going with that. You, you scared me a little bit at first. I literally cannot wait until Rory has children. Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be an amazing a father. No, I think you're gonna be an amazing father. Um well, I see you, it. Mom. I just see it. I I can feel the sarcasm. Like you have, no, someone that you, speaks it fluently. I no, can no, no. I, I can't no, even hear it. You have, I can like legitimately. No, you have feel like father you have like father energy. You have like father, father energy. Like is it because I'm bald? No, but you have oh. your aesthetic is like a dad aesthetic. So you have, I have a dad bod, is what you're saying. No. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you seem like you would have like kids that you would can't wait for Sunday activities to. to of like, course, I do. I mean, I want to have kids soon, but I am scared I'll be that sucker father. Like I really, I'll let you. Oh, out. I know one. I know if I have a daughter, yeah, I'm. It's nothing that she. Can't but see, get we got to change that because I feel the same way. But yeah. that's not good. Like, and it's not good for the for son it? either. Yeah, like it's it's a weird dynamic that is in our society of that. Like, oh, my girl. My little girl could have everything. I'll give her the world. My son got to work for it that way. Mm-hmm. 
you're setting up an environment of some weird transactions. Yeah, no, you are. But I mean, more so for me, you know, raising a daughter where she understands that, you know, if she's ever in need of anything, she can come to her father. And of course, like you don't have to rely on. That's just mom and tell you don't have to rely on a man for anything. Like if you need anything, of course, you give her the tools to be dependent upon herself and all of that as well and raise her. And, you know, just knowing that, you know, you got to protect your morals and protect your your womanhood because, you know, that's what a lot of these guys are just after. They're after they're predators. Mm-hmm. We be just being honest with each other. That's a fact. But um, you know, just letting letting your daughter know that your father's always here. And sometimes, you know, they get to an age where they don't want to ask. You can always ask your father. We I, never, I agree. We never, we never get to that age. I'm letting you know as a as a daddy's girl, we never ever ever get Stop to that asking age. daddy. Never. Yeah. Well, do you think with the son shit, like, cause I agree, that is how you should raise your daughter. She shouldn't always be dependent on her father. That will help her with any other relationship with a man too. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good example. But having that mentality, the other side of that coin is your son that doesn't feel like he can come to you for anything. <laughs> no, you make it. Like, like nah, dog, go figure that shit out, bro. <laughs> no, like, no, no, you're, you're, you're going to no, create a toxic man. Yeah, no, Yo, that bad. predator that you're talking about yeah, kind of comes yeah. from not raising your son. <laughs> no, you you raise your son with with the same, you know, you can talk to, to dad about anything. You can talk to mom about anything. Uh, don't hide nothing. If you want to, you know, smoke weed, I would rather you be smoking it here in the house than to be hiding behind 7-Eleven somewhere getting in trouble oh, but for no, it. But that's where you learn life, behind that 7-Eleven. Yeah, but that 7-Eleven <laughs> is dangerous now. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, a fact. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, you. I'd rather the kids be home, you know, in the basement. Listen, y'all want to smoke? Do it here. You know what I mean? Like, that, I'm, I'm that type of parent. I, or I would be that type of parent. You could smell if they got some trash, too. Like, not Yeah, I'll thing. bring the loud downstairs. I'd be like, yo, y'all smoking bunk. Throw that shit out. Flush that. I got the I got the za. Here you bizarre. go. Yeah, you know what no, I'm saying? No, you're going to sound like an old... De- hey, yeah. I'm bizarre, guys. I have bizarre right upstairs. Like, <laughs> fellas, like, you know what I mean? I don't have to be smoking this bunk down here like that. You know what I mean? I guess. Just raise your sons, too. Yeah. <laughs> Love your sons. Raise your sons. Please. Because if not, if somebody says something like, yo, if you don't raise your kids, somebody else will. I need Meg the Stallion to make the keep your head up version for men. Explain. We need to, we need to raise our... <laughs> be real to our men. Meg did not ask for you to nominate her for no shit like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, like, why <laughs> did you throw We Meg need to that? raise and protect our sons. Okay, but why Meg, though? I just thought of the first female rapper I could think of. Okay. Fine, Lotto should do it. Okay. Okay. See, that makes sense. Lotto killed that... Uh, no, Lotto is... is that uh, is that a, freestyle. Yeah, no, she's uh, L.A. Leakers. Shout out to LA, L.A. Leakers. They've been on a fucking <clears> run. <throat> no, Lotto is... Um, And I wasn't... I always knew she could rap. But like after seeing that LA Leakers, it was like I started really listening to her joints. I'm like, okay, she can really go. No, uh, I sat in on two sessions when I went down for that that Donda shit uh, with her and Ann Clemens, and I, I was blown away. Like, she can really rap for real, for real. And the music she had was real records. I was like, all right, I I always fucked with her, but I didn't pay enough attention to, yeah, to understand how dope she was. Mm-hmm. And I and I used to be on that 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 side of the fence where I really didn't or I cared a lot about if a female MC was actually writing her rhymes. Mm. And I don't know if I'm as strong on that stance anymore because I'm I'm more impressed by the delivery now. Because you could write something. Anybody could write some words and but you still have to bring life to those words and bring emotions and feelings. So, you know, a lot of female MCs would be like, oh, but she don't write. It's like, I get it because hip hop is Supposed to be your stories, your pen, and all of that in our culture. That's just what mm. it was built on. But for a lot of these female MCs out here to just be able to deliver the lyrics the way that they're delivering it, you know, the flows and the cadences, and you know, just the, the energy is like it's it's impressive still. And that that was kind of my thing to 
backtrack to our, our conversation with Hit Boy about Quentin. I fuck with Quentin, but I would have never heard that energy record and said, oh, I need that. Mm. I wouldn't have. The fact that Drake heard that, yeah. it, they're drastically different records. Mm-hmm. How he delivered that shit, I'm fine with it. That's I'm a cool. big part of it. He delivered, the, he made that record what it was. That's a big part of, you know, art is that how you, how do you deliver it to the people? Now, if Lotto, and uh, again, I, what I witnessed, Lotto was writing the rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just use our LA Leakers shit as an example. I'd be, I'd feel a way, I'd still have that hip hop nerdness in me that if you're freestyle, someone wrote, I'll feel a way. If someone wrote your song, it is what it is. It's a good record is where I'll be at with it. Yeah. But your freestyles, yeah, I, I kind of need you to write that. Yeah, it should, it should be <laughs> or don't freestyle. But what's a freestyle? I don't even know freestyling is a real thing anymore. It's a written thing that you go to a radio station. Yeah, but I, again, I, we had this conversation before. It changed a lot with the internet. Like rappers used to... I think I spoke to Royce about this a few years ago. Like he rappers used to travel the country going to different radio stations and use the same two, three, four rhymes. Of course. Pop now, up on the album too. <laughs> right. But now once you throw away eighty bars or LA leakers, you can't use those bars on bar I nine. What is it? Bar I nine five? I nine five. Shout out to them. They, yeah. they, they're great. <clears> like you can't use those same bars over there. No. People gonna look at you like you're crazy. Of course not. Whereas before you could literally go around the entire country. Every radio station, same bars. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, that Tyler, Vince Staples, Rosenberg, Ebro interview that like is viral at this point because Tyler said wild shit while he was freestyling. Mm-hmm. Rosenberg asked Vince to freestyle or like do some shit. He's like, dog, I just gave you a 32-track album today. Mm-hmm. I have no more bars. <laughs> <laughs> right. I right. could spit something from that album, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, rappers are not you know robots, but... Now nowadays you almost have to treat them like they're robots. Like yeah. come rhyme over here and then go over here tomorrow and rhyme. And it's just like rappers don't want to do that. I feel for the Meg fans. I know we was talking about uh, uh female rappers and uh, apologies if you if you take female offensive. I don't mean it in an offensive way. Do you feel their fans con- feel like when I was that young kid listening to rap and I found out that the rapper wasn't really like living those rhymes and he mm-hmm. he wasn't really selling that much work. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really shooting people. I had a bit of a letdown when I was young, young. Do you think these young women are listening to Meg the way they have for the past two years and what she's saying and then seeing how she's moving in real life don't really match up? As far as no hot girl shit. Well, she's making out on on IG. (laughs) She spoke about that though. She spoke about that early. She was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I know the raps. I said it was going to be a hot girl summer, but. You know, like I'm at the end of the night, I'm going home to my boo. Like, so I mean, she spoke about it. Like, yeah, I just I want to talk to some of these these fans because I I felt when I found out that the real Noriega didn't owe Rick Ross a hundred favors. Oh, you thought like it was like <laughs> you thought it was a real thing? Like, damn, that's a lot of favors. You, disapp- <laughs> you was disappointed. I like, got oh. like real friends that I don't yeah. I don't owe three favors. Yeah, a hundred favors is a is crazy. Like, okay, what were you doing? And why did somebody owe you so many favors? Rick Ross is the greatest man. I know the real Nor. When did Noriega die? <laughs> it's the Are they art- even in the same? <laughs> Listen, it's the art of storytelling, man. That's what that's what hip hop is. It's the art of storytelling. He owed me a hundred favors. Yeah, pay pay up on some of them favors. Listen, I, I don't know, but I, I do feel bad for the girls that really thought it was a hot girl summer and then saw Meg making out. It's a letdown. Speaking of hot girl summer, uh, Maya Keisha uh, Bottoms is her name, right? Mm-hmm. She uh she. Tweeted out that Atlanta is officially in the green zone with COVID. 
and that okay. they would be easing back on the mask mandates around the city. But still in certain like city official buildings, I think you still have to abide by those. Because I don't know if Keisha Bottoms has been to um, Copper Cove at all. <laughs> or walked outside, period, in Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta. But um, I w- Atlanta was always in the green zone as far as Atlanta was concerned. I landed at Atlanta Airport and had a mask on where it's like federally regulated. People look at and looking like at me crazy. like, yo, if you don't take that fucking yeah. mask off. Got in the Uber. The Uber driver's looking at me like, you know, it's okay for you to take that off. I'm it's like, spit in my face. Yeah, like I'm from New York. Like, you better have a mask on because if not, you get that alert from Uber saying, hey, um, so yeah, you didn't have a mask on and um, so next time you're going to have to take a picture and prove that Atlanta Ubers are so against masks and COVID that if you try to put the window down, they'll close it. Like, nah, keep the germs in here. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we got to keep this. this yeah. We got to hot box this shit with, yeah. with your breath. I, 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 don't, I know that, you know, Keisha has to put that out because she's the mayor. She has to be. But everyone in Atlanta read that, like, cut it out. Like, there was we've never. Been, we're blowing hookah smoke Atlanta when you were supposed has, to be quarantined. Atlanta didn't close halfway since March 2020. Like, no. at all. So, I get it. Good to hear that Atlanta's in the green zone and everybody seems to be healthy and the COVID uh, numbers are way down. That is great. Which is amazing. What is a green zone? What takes you from yellow to green? I'm guessing the numbers of, of patients and, and a COVID positive tests have to be at a certain number for it to be considered green or not. That's so odd to me, though. Like, it could take one person yeah. to go from yellow to shut green. It, shut it back down. <laughs> I think one, I don't know what country it was. But some they they had literally shut down the entire. Uh, they went back on lockdown because three people had tested positive for COVID, and I mean, an entire like. I guess it starts with one person, so it spreads. I get it, but it's that's just insane. It's just nuts that that's how they're gonna gauge it with yeah. green and yellow and like dog. Two well, two people today. We can go back to Atlanta whenever we want, Rory, and we don't have to wear masks. We weren't really wearing them down there I to begin with. We'll be wearing mine. You will be wearing yours? I am not part of the problem. Okay. Be, be progressive with your platform, Rory. Um, I was asked a, a question by a woman recently. Tamaris, I think I want to ask you this question as well. She asked me, she, she had taken uh, her braids out and some weave out mm-hmm. and said, hey, do you think my hair is growing? Mm-hmm. And I had seen it before she put the braids in and she's been trying to grow her hair, her natural hair. And that's like one of those things of, that's are you asking me for honesty or yeah, are you asking me? It's a setup me, question. That you could ruin your here, whole night if you answer that wrong. How do you go about answering that? And should women ask those questions you gotta to use, their guy? You got to, yes, they, they, they should. But you have to find, it's all about the words you use. So when a woman says, hey, do you think my hair has grown? You look at her and say, it does look really healthy. Because you're not really committing to saying it grew, but you're not saying it doesn't look good. It's like, it looks healthy. Why y'all can't lie to us just like how we lie to y'all when y'all ask who pussy is it? Like, just give us. Oh, I don't, I've never asked that question. We, I don't want that answer. Just give us <laughs> yeah, what we give I, I, y'all. Like, damn. But no, help with our confidence. That's part of your job. That perfect example, though. I don't ask questions I don't want the answer to. Oh, you got to live a little. That's That's fun. <laughs> Oh no! The moment I, I, right no, before she it. answers, I just—that's <laughs> like that's the greatest time of your life. Like you ask her some shit you don't want to know, and right before she answers, like you'll start to feel your heart beating and stuff. You're like, yeah, like wait for this lie to come out of her mouth. That's because you guys have this thing called hope. I don't deal with hope. Hope what will you, let you down. What do you deal with in relationships? As far as what? You said you don't deal with hope. Oh, because I, I, I hope leads to you thinking you're gonna get the answer of her saying this is your pussy. 
And I'm not dealing with hope because hope will let you down. Think, but I don't think you I hope she's gonna say that. Nah, dog. Just, just live with it. Possibly yeah, but not I don't being. Think, I don't think that. I don't think that men really think that the pussy is theirs. If women say that, I think that's just kind of like conversation. Like, I mean, okay. those are like fillers. It's and we like, can, what do we say? We just sit here and pound on each other and, and grunt. No, you got to have like some oh, type of some dialogue. You got to have some yeah. dialogue. I'd like to open a dialogue. Yeah, like just like yo, let's talk. Let I don't want you to think that you're just a piece of meat that I'm just pounding on right now. Like I got to talk to you. I got to stroke your hair and kiss mm. your face. Like you got to, you know what I mean? Like and tell me my hair got longer. Yeah, exactly. I, if I pull it, it gets longer. See now, Rory, you date enough black women to know <laughs> you can't always pull oh, that no, hair. I'm, I'm, I'm a connoisseur in knowing. What hair can be pulled and yeah. what can't? You can we can and see what, it. You can, oh, you can yeah, add it. You can add a weed. I, I know the, add a I know weed. the number. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I know when it's like okay, she just got that in. It's just, it's a sewing. That's not glue. The sewings you could pull, and it's a good sewing. You feel them tra- like oh no, I'm about to have fun. The glue you got to be careful because you don't know which glue she used. I mean, you could tell how it is on her forehead if if it's there securely. So yeah. I'm gonna leave that one alone. But. Listen, I didn't know what to say at that point. Lie to your partners. Tell your partners what they want to hear. It will make your life easier. Okay. You know what's funny? I don't want to argue that. Because oh. I agree with her. <laughs> no, I agree. Lie. You, I think you need to lie. Lying is healthy. It's just that you can't be an excessive liar. Certain lies will help your relationship grow. Yeah. It will help your relationship flourish. It's, it's like feeding it. Like you can overwater plants that, and kill plants. So lies is like... Just water. You just have to water your relationship with a little bit of lies here and there and watch it flourish. That's all. It's not completed, uh, not completing sentences. I've said that before. Women don't complete their sentences. In certain cases, I do want that. So, yes, this may not be my pussy, but at this moment, mm, I own this just thing. don't finish the sentence. Yeah. Yes, this is your pussy right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's a lease. It's a lease. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm for it. Let me lease that pussy for a weekend. But what? I need to know how long is the term on the lease? And does it have like uh, rentals insurance? And how many miles does this car already have? See? And do I got to do I got to do I got to send well, it back with a full tank? Like, I need yeah. to know. has this been inspected? Yeah, yeah. I need to know. Like, if we gonna do that, it's a, I got more questions now. Now I have more questions. So yeah, don't tell me I'm leasing it unless we're going through everything else. Anyways, should we get to our guests? I know we're kind of all over the place today. We have a live show coming up tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? We're it recording is, Wednesday. We're recording Wednesday. It's tomorrow. So by the time they hear this, our live show will have been over. All right. We did our live show. Did our live show. It was great. Blew the roof off, Rory. You were great out there, man. Blew I got to tell you. We blew the roof off of that place. Are you bringing a, uh, a stylist? No. my uh, I don't, I've never had a stylist. Like uh, My friend was helping. Like, I hate shopping. I think I spoke about this before. I hate shopping. It gives me anxiety. I hate going to stores looking for things. Um, so a friend of mine, she used to help me. She used to go grab a bunch of pieces, things that she knows that I would probably like. A I'm personal very, shopper. Yeah, I'm very simple. And um, but she had a baby, so she's home. You know, had had a newborn, maybe like two months now. Congrats to her. Um, so yeah, now I got to do all my. So you have to go, shopping. You have to go to the Brazil to show by yourself and buy the merch. Yeah, I got to do all my shopping by myself, man. What I, you gonna give them? I haven't even thought about it. Um, I don't know. Something I got a bunch of shit that I never wore, so I definitely have something to throw on. All right, I was gonna find something. Like well, what did we give them? Because now we're talking in past tense exactly. third person. I was thinking something form fitting. I, I mean, yeah, man, something that you know accents your 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 skin. Yeah, 
and your beard. I think you know a lot of fall colors, pumpkin colors, orange. That's why I like the. I'm, yeah. That's why I like the fall. Put I'm, I'm blending yeah. to the environment. Yeah. Can we take shrooms before our LA show? Before no, not before the show. Before the show. Well, we still, which is in the calendar, and I think we've been pretty good with keeping up with the shit we say we're gonna do to actually do with the show. We are supposed to go to Joshua Tree mm. with Belly and take shrooms and do a podcast or film it. Yeah, maybe not a podcast. Maybe just film the entire thing, and mm -hmm. that's still. Yeah, no, we definitely gonna do that. That's 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 definitely we definitely gotta make that happen. And Belly, he he made sure he he reached out and hit me about that. Like, yo, listen, we still doing that. I was like, for sure, definitely. We should rent happen. like a camper. And like yeah, drive from drive LA, to Joshua and that'll be the the dock. Yeah, absolutely. The mushroom dock. I'm I'm with it. Full mushrooms. I'm with it. One hundred percent. I you can't are, wait. You taking them too? Of course, I've yeah. taken shrooms a bunch of times. Yeah, you take shrooms. This is. You said you know? like, yeah. Yeah. Shrooms. Yeah. What? I just got about to do some coke tonight. You can't you spell. About? You can't spell <laughs> shrooms without the R. Come on now. Or the O. Listen, <laughs> listen. And I got M's. Um. Okay. Just get your shit off. See, this is what <laughs> this is. I was, <laughs> I was waiting for that to show up, man. Okay, get your shit off, man. Talk your shit. I don't. Leave me alone. Um, a subscription feature is coming to Instagram. How do you feel about that? What is it? Subscription. Uh, so it says, uh, social. Some social media platforms have begun adding ways for users to financially support the people they follow, and Instagram is the next. Instagram, a meta-owned platform, announced the launch of a new creator subscription. The Instagram app for iOS was recently upgraded with new in-app purchases called Instagram subscriptions with price pricing ranging from $0.99 cents to $4.99, according to Sensor Tower and Apptopia. While Instagram does not specify the purpose of these in-app purchases, they are most likely part of the company's aim to monetize the site while also providing a means for users to support the creators they follow. Oh my God. The idea of an Instagram membership to assist creators isn't entirely new. The company acknowledged earlier this year that it was working on exclusive stories, which would only be available to people who paid for them. To read the rest, log on to da, 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 da. So exclusive stories is like OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not close friends. It's like the step up from close friends. Like you got to pay for this. Well, I've seen chicks say, hey, pay for my close <clears throat> friends, which I thought was ill. Yo, yeah. They just keep elevating the IG chicks and I'm I'm with it. I'm not hating at all. They will continue to do so. Yeah, so you know, they got the exclusive stories coming. I mean, that could be something cool. Ma, you gonna drop real money bags? Um, <laughs> it depends on how exclusive the story is. Like if I'm following um What would be your your quintessential dateline story that you would pay for in the close friends? Um uh, there would have to be some uh some 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 very nasty things going on from some of my um the beautiful women that I follow. <laughs> I would have to ask Instagram, do their uh, laws, whatever they fucking put that's wrong when you post like more than just your ass. Mm -hmm. Do those laws exist in the paid subscription? I, I would, no, I don't think they would. Because it's exclusive. It's not open to everybody. Um, you would have to pay for that. And yeah, I don't see them being able to, to, to do that with that type of thing. Now, what do you think? Does this double up the money with the chicks that literally... Just re kind of repost their Instagram shit on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. Like they're not doing nothing but the same bathing suit pictures, just from a different angle. Well, this is does this get does this get rid of that, or does this add more to it? This is I think that this is um, Instagram's way of trying to corner the market and 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 kind of remove the OnlyFans thing because a lot of these girls or uh, creators 
they have mm. um they create they have a they don't have as large a following on OnlyFans as they do on Instagram. A lot of their fans are on their Instagram and they kind of like funnel them through their Instagram to the OnlyFans through the link tree and all of that. But I think now with having something like an exclusive story that you have to pay for, Instagram now becomes a one-stop shop. You want to, you know, you can look at the regular story and, you know, you know, creators going to find a creative way. Like they'll do things where they have a bikini and then start to take it off and then say, see the rest of my exclusive story. Of course. Oh, no, no. They're, they're, they're going to find a way. They're going to find no, ways. We're really going to find out who the smart ones are through this. Yeah. Because I can see some, like, really intelligent girl. Like, the way Nipsey sold his mixtape for, for yeah. $10,000, mm-hmm. or pardon, uh, $100, and then mm-hmm. sold 10000 of them. I could see the IG chicks that use the bathing suit to get to the OnlyFans mm-hmm. way from Instagram to just only wear turtlenecks on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Literally fully clothed, head to toe. You can only see the eyes. They'd be Kenny from South Park. Mm-hmm. Be like, yo, <laughs> it's done. It's done. You got to now pay just even for the ass pics yeah. that you was getting for free. $20, I'll, I'll take my turtleneck off. Will you take your turtleneck off if I start one for our uh, New Rory Mall? Me? Yeah, but you know, my, you got to, we got to What's my price point? Yeah, my price point is like, you know. It's pretty high. I'm now in the one percentile. Marriage, I don't know if you understand. Oh. You know, you talk I don't know if you've spoken to the IRS, but no, no, I haven't. Maybe, maybe I should. <laughs> maybe I should. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah, we could have fun with that. I think that'd be crazy, fun. and we could do some interesting things with, with, with the show. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. It would have to be pretty interesting for me to try to charge people. <laughs> me personally, no, I mean like we could do. Story. We could do things like you know, you could be home cooking. Without a turtleneck. Without a turtleneck. Please. Some, no, some Alfredo going yeah. going crazy. Going crazy on the Bacon. Caesar salad. Hell yeah. yeah. Pumpkin spice everywhere. Going crazy. Could li- just just videos of Baisley. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I see what Instagram is doing. No, of course. Everyone's doing that. That uh, paid subscription shit. Yeah. But, all right. I think, uh, I think we should get to our guest. I know we had a, a bunch of random topics and shit was all over the place but doctor i was so disappointed to find out his name was not dr god i asked him when he when he walked in i didn't ask him on the phone last night when we spoke because i was hoping it was dr god mm-hmm. and then when he came in and said that it wasn't i was like you dr god yeah dr god today so <laughs> dr gad right yes yeah, i believe his name is uh joining us and um i'm looking forward to this conversation i think it's something that we should probably make a, a reoccurring thing just talking to a, a doctor that deals with mental health and things like that. I think that's important. Like we gotta make it cool. Make it cool to have, get therapy. Make it cool to talk to a, a professional about mental health. The same way we make it cool for anything else that destroys us. Make it cool for something that helps us. Yeah, and, and I love that mental health has become such a big part of podcasting. And I think with this doctor, it's a different approach to it because therapy was taboo before. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's becoming taboo that. Just going to therapy is not just going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like now everyone is like, oh, well, that's the final step of just right. like, oh, get a therapist. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, dog. It shit takes a lot more from diet to what you're doing in your personal life. It's not just sitting, talking to a stranger to get your shit off. Right. So, yeah, I think there's another angle to this this mental health um, topic. So, All right. So let's welcome Dr. Gad and um, let's have this conversation. All right, welcome to the new Rory and Mall show. We never do formal intros ever. We usually no, start talking shit, but we're we so have unorganized. Someone way smarter than us here. Building. I feel today. like we need, things need to be <laughs> yeah a formal. Hello, yeah, yeah. This is the yeah. new Rory and Mall show. Right. Welcome, episode I've thus forgotten eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. 
We are here with, with Dr. Ged. We thought it was Dr. God. That's why we had him on here. But now that it's Ged, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought God was coming today. I gotta be honest. Um, so yeah, how about you give us some of your background? Um, I know you and I briefly spoke yesterday and uh, you had some really interesting things to say that I think are super important. So we could just start with your background. Thank you guys for having me on, uh, talking about serious things uh, on Sirius. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> Terrible. Already with the dad jokes. I like it. <clears throat> Listen, yeah. that's my lane. That's what, this is what we do. <laughs> You know, the whole road is our lane. Mm -hmm. Let's just, let's call it that for now. Well, look, already I, given us jewels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, an, I'm a, as you, I hear you guys talk about hip hop, so let me start with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I do represent Queens. Hey, okay. uh, what are Queens? Was, well, in Rigo Park. Okay. Uh, right off the expressway, I could still see the apartment mm -hmm. that my parents moved to when I was uh, a few months old. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw New York City as a beacon. I still do. And um, I love this place. I was uh, raised there in Long Island and nothing else I wanted to do but be a doctor mm. when I was little, you know, because I thought it was the most uh, curious, noble, special, uh, powerful position. Mm. You know, I was, I was looking to, to change people and maybe more. Um, and I think that's what I'm trying to do now. So uh, the specific part of health that you work on is what exactly? Psychiatry. Psychiatry, okay. And Psychiatry what, what form? is uh, when you prescribe medications to mm. adjust and talk to people, of course. Important to do both pills and skills to uh, improve their thoughts and emotions and behaviors. So I'm terrified of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Especially with mental health. I think that's even more terrifying. Like I've taken antidepressants before. I hated the way they made me feel. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. So what, what is the difference in what your practice does and the new ways that you're trying to bring, I guess, pharmaceuticals into mental health? Right. Uh, you know, I kind of share some of your sentiment, and that's why I've moved into a bridging model, right? I, I think that to be uh, an extremist to say they're all bad and an extremist to say there's a pill for everything, they're both dangerous paths. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... When I started <clears throat> in psychiatry and medicine, I didn't know I was going to be a psychiatrist. I mean, I love Fraser Crane and all, but yeah. I went to be a doctor, a real doctor, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, you know, after 9-11, where I was right here, mm. that this was a, a, a situation I was going to be more talented for. So I wanted to reduce harm to others, harm to self. I wanted to help mm. people out of that darkness. And I needed as many tools as mm. I could and learn the tool. So before I could think outside the box, I had to understand what's inside this box. Mm -hmm. What are we using to help people? And at that time, 20 years ago, right, uh, and pretty much still, it's the same. We use a lot of benzos. We use a lot of antidepressants. Sometimes we mix antidepressants. We use antipsychotics for people who are not psychotic. Mm. For children who are not psychotic as tranquilizers, we mix and match drugs so that people leave with a bag of medicines and they don't know what they're taking when they're taking it, and how they're interacting. These are the things that were frustrating because not, it meant no one was taking their medicines. Right. Mm. And they weren't even that effective. If we look at rates of suicide, addiction, homicide, mm. mass violence, they haven't gone down in the last 20 years. Access to treatment has improved. It's not great mm. by any means. But I think psychiatry has to accept its own failures here. So what I do that's different, and what I started to do at Bellevue, because after residency in Long Island, mm -hmm. I said, I'm obviously coming to New York City mm -hmm. to live and work here. Mm -hmm. Where else am I going to go? Yeah. The Mecca of crazy. Right. Yeah. Right? So here I come, and I started to see people at Bellevue, and the frustrating part was coming back, 
going back and forth. Same people sometimes, right? Homelessness, addiction, uh, inability to care for themselves, inability to or, or in unwillingness to want to take their medicine, and suicide attempts and slow motion suicide. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, there's a great medicine called lithium. Okay. But we seem to only use it dogmatically for people who have bipolar disorder mm -hmm. at certain levels. So I said, what if I used it for this woman who is cutting herself? And can you explain what, to, sorry to cut you off, what yeah. lithium is of exactly? Course. Of course. In short, lithium is uh, the dynamite that ignited the entire Big Bang. Mm. It is a dust, it's a mineral. Okay. It's in every rock, it's in every living thing. Okay, small amounts of it. At that Big Bang, it was hydrogen, helium, lithium. Mm -hmm. Two of those are gases, mm -hmm. ignitable gases. The other is a solid. So it, it literally started the whole explosion. And if it's in every single thing, right now we know it as a Nirvana song. We know it is mm -hmm. you know, something that is in batteries for yep. your phone, for your Tesla, yeah. for your computer, for anything practically. Mm -hmm. So it conducts electricity. It's a metal. It's the third element on the periodic table. Okay. So it's a salt, it's a metal, and it's also a very effective psych med. Mm -hmm. But the connotation in psychiatry is, well, that's some heavy duty stuff. You gotta be real crazy to be on that. It's gonna cause side effects, it's gonna make you a zombie, it's gonna slow you down. Mm -hmm. And that comes from misuse and misunderstanding. So back in the day, we certainly overused that medicine and didn't understand that you know, too much of anything that's good on the periodic table will hurt you. Yeah. Right. Too much potassium mm -hmm. is in the lethal injection. Not enough potassium will also kill you because mm -hmm. when you have diarrhea, that's what you lose, electrolytes, right? right? right. Potassium. So tiny amounts are good. I have fiber problems. <laughs> Say again? I said all the listeners know about my fiber problems. So. Yeah. Oh, well, we can we, get We've talked that. about those types. I would love to. Um, <laughs> but you were saying that, uh, so you took lithium and there was a woman. I, right. just, I just wanted to get a full understanding of what lithium was. Oh yeah, we're going to get there. So, you know, th so uh, this woman is a prototype, right? Mm. A, a, a person that I saw over and over many kinds of people that don't have certifiable bipolar, they don't have manic episodes, but that every time they come in, they are harming themselves some way with either with relationships or with addiction yep. or physically themselves, right? Because they've had trauma in the past. Trauma is so connected to self-harm mm -hmm. that I thought, why don't I use the medicine that reduces self-harm right. viably? This is, if you look in psychiatry and say, what prevents suicide? What drug that you guys use prevents suicide? There's only one that has been tested over and over, replicated, and that is lithium. And yet, it is still number 25 on the most, on the top 25 psych meds prescribed. So that's ridiculous to me, mm -hmm. number one. I started to basically use less than the prescribed amount. Because I'm like, if a lot works for people who have bipolar disorder, who are really sick, let me use a little bit for you to see if you feel better, mm -hmm. if you don't want to kill yourself, if you don't think about suicide, instead of, multiple other drugs and combinations that are causing weight gain and sedation, sexual side effects. You don't, you're not taking these, you don't want these. These are snowing right, you, right. like a straitjacket for you. Mm -hmm. Let me give you this, it's natural. <clears throat> yeah. And I found out that, you know what, if I use half the prescribed dose, it was working. Mm -hmm. And so doctors, pharmacies would call me and be like, uh, this patient isn't on enough. I'm like, have you talked to this patient? They're doing great yeah. and they're on one pill. So that's how I realized that less is more mm. of some natural things. So what, uh, go ahead. Um, how, how much uh, over the last 20 years in, as being a doctor and studying uh, as far as depression and things like that, how much of that do you attribute to like social media and access to a lot of information? Um, because I, you know, I, I feel like 
people have so much access to information, your brain is on the wheel, anxiety levels start to um, heighten and things like that. And I, I think that as a doctor, I'm sure you've studied patterns of the effects that social media and access to information around the world and, and taking in so much information at one time can affect someone's brain. Like, do you attribute a lot or some of the suicidal rates to people with um, addiction, if you will, to social media and being just online, reading things and not being able to just relax? Portion of it, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But not the majority. I don't want to make social media the, yeah, the no, devil right. here. Uh, they are, it's a tool, right? Mm -hmm. The internet is a tool. Mm -hmm. I've seen the pre and post of the internet. I'm 45 years old. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. think you guys are that much combined. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I'm kidding. You yeah. guys are seasoned <laughs> veterans yourself. Yeah. Maul just looks like he's 25. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding though. But, but I'm probably older than most of your listeners. And that's why I think I can be a bridge. Yeah. Mm. And yes, I, I think that it's an intoxicant just mm -hmm. like, you know, alcohol once upon a time. And it, I think it's necessary for a society. It, it improves a society, um, nicotine, caffeine, sugar, mm -hmm. cannabis, all of those things, small amounts, moderated, improve life, actually. Mm -hmm. So does the internet. But if you abuse people financially, yeah. and if you don't give people the right treatments when they do need it, then they will use those intoxicants indiscriminately. Yeah. As, as a vice. And I Bingo. think even social media can be a vice as well. Yes. Or your phone is a vice. Yes. So mm -hmm. Happy kids don't overuse social media. Because they don't That's need true. to. Bingo. They don't have to Bingo. find that void. How do you feel about uh, the fact that like and sports are now not testing for cannabis? Like the NFL and the NBA are no longer testing their athletes because athletes have been so vocal over the years of saying how uh, medical marijuana has helped them physically yeah. and yeah. mentally deal yeah. with the gruel, you know, gruesome nature of the sport of football yeah. and uh a lot of uh, nba players have started speaking about speaking out in the last few years about mental health and how medical cannabis has helped them with that like how do you feel about sports now accepting that and and allowing players to use recreational and medical marijuana well here's the plus and minus of it the plus is that if this leads to less opiate use and intense pharmaceutical use steroid use maybe, mm -hmm. right? That's a good thing because that can lead to extremely self-destructive behaviors on and off the field, right? If we're going to also drink less, that's a good thing, okay? Mm -hmm. But I don't think we're going to see less CTE from mm -hmm. the use of cannabis. Right. Uh, I also think that it may not be a performance-enhancing mm -hmm. uh, no. herb. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe... On weekends, right yeah. after, or, or on for the NFL on Sunday nights, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. uh, it reduces REM sleep. This is the big thing that I talk about with kids and anyone who uses cannabis enjoys it, and I've enjoyed it too. Mm -hmm. I think it's special. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's cannabis sativa, sativa is Hindu. Mm -hmm. We made this stuff. Yeah. We invented this stuff. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Okay? <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> Many thanks. Uh, so it does, however. I have a, a sacred background in, in terms of rituals. It wasn't meant to be something we enjoyed every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's because it reduces REM sleep and deep sleep. You know, there's three kinds of sleep. You go to bed, you have light sleep, it's the on-ramp. Mm -hmm. Then you got deep sleep for body rest. Mm -hmm. And then every 90 minutes you have REM sleep for brain rest mm -hmm. and rinsing and cooling. That's mm -hmm. the purpose of REM, of dreams, is to process all the junk to wash out your brain like it's in the washing machine. Mm -hmm. 
But when you use cannabis, you reduce REM. So you might notice if you smoke on a Friday, that night you're going to have less dreams. You'll fall asleep beautifully, you think, right? Mm -hmm. You have a great time, et cetera. Saturday, you may not wake, wake up as crisp, mm -hmm. all right? Saturday night, if you don't smoke, you will have REM rebound. You'll have more dreams than normal, more vivid mm. dreams. That is cannabis and its effect. Okay. So if we use regularly, we're not letting our brains recover. So mm. that whenever I tell kids and such, I, I always say, look, your, your brain is a Ferrari right now. Keep it clean. Keep the fuel clean. When it stops, it's really active development. Then you can dabble in this stuff a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But right now, you know, feed it love, feed it, you know, laughs, mm -hmm. good stuff. It's funny, you brought up the Hollywood thing. And I mean, I know obviously you don't need to say anyone's names or allude to any situations, but I do know that you have worked with entertainers, with famous people. And I feel like our culture just, just shits on celebrities. And then we go, well, they're rich and famous. Who cares? And then we wonder why they act out and do these insane things the higher they get up in their successes. Mm -hmm. In treating them and speaking with them, is there any like commonality with entertainers that you think is why there is so much erratic behavior from them once they become famous? Well, I think sometimes the insecurities that are, uh, that lead to them suffering and maybe creating beautiful art, mm. you know, timeless art, they remain, even mm -hmm. if they are wealthy and powerful. Uh, they may still feel small inside. And so mm. no amount is enough. No amount of adulation is enough. And any time away from stage feels very uncomfortable. Mm. Now, we can talk about Whitney and Michael and Chester and, you know, these people that I grew up idolizing and watching and loving the, the music of, you know, Cobain, all of these guys. And, and there's a commonality of abuse in their past. So how much do you have to suffer for your art? Okay. Mm. Is, is my question often to these folks. I think you can stress yourself and suffer to create, but I don't think anyone wants you to, to be a, you know, a model of self-destruction because mm. you also have a mic and that's power. Yeah. And you have the ability to lift or depress people mm. based on your behaviors. And has, has any of them taken the lithium treatment and found their creative process hindered or? Good question. A, a way of, hey, I kind of do need some of this sadness and erratic shit in my brain. I can't really be happy to be this good. <laughs> do you run into that at all? Great question. So there's two, two, there's two realms of this, right? There's people who may actually have bipolar disorder. Mm. And for those people, I tell them, look, any hospitalization is going to derail your social and occupational progress. It's yeah. going to mess up your relationships and, and also your contracts and stuff like that. And when we've seen this studied professionally we've seen that people who treat their bipolar are actually more successful artists and such they just produce more yeah uh, than if it's not mm. okay outliers like van gogh and whatnot you know this is this is a very difficult com comparison now on the low dose level range yeah i see the same concept people take it and they say okay i've i don't feel different i don't feel unlike myself i feel elevated Mm. It's not an antidepressant. It's pro-hope. It's pro-elevation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a mood stabilizer, theoretically, but so is this floor. Mm -hmm. It's stabilizing us. It's keeping us from being you know, in the lobby mm -hmm. where we can elevate from this floor. Mm -hmm. So it's preventing your downfall. Mm. 
it's preventing the self-destructiveness. And that means that you're going to produce more work and better work. Mm. So that's what, that's what they've seen income-wise, health outcome-wise as well. Have you, uh, in just looking at artists from the outside, if you haven't been able to sit with them uh, one-on-one, uh, someone like Kanye West, mm. and this is somebody we talk about in our culture, because over the years we've watched him go through some changes, moods, mood swings, say things publicly that's kind of like, you look at it like that was a little off. Like why would he do that? Do you think that someone like Kanye, because I always talk, we talk about it a lot. I attribute a lot of Kanye's, uh, you know, things after the traumatic loss of his mom, you know, in the loss, he, it's a, I think that we started to see a different person after that. Naturally, like you lose your mom, somebody that you love and care about like that. I think it affects you. Do you think that, uh, being in the spotlight like that and then going through something as traumatic as losing a parent and then just diving into your art and your work and not really like taking time alone and away from the public eye. Do you think that that helps you by diving into your art and not really grieving and, and giving yourself time to heal from that? Do you think that that's healthy to do? I don't think that's healthy. Um, I think any loss and look, we're in a time of COVID. A lot of people have lost. Right? Mm. I've lost people I know, mentors and such, and it's been awful losses, undignified loss. Uh, kids and you know, even kids, believe mm. it or not, and mostly elderly or grandparents dying alone uh, in their beds. Mm. But any loss, I, I tell someone, you know, there's these stages of grief we know, uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Acceptance, that's the end. I don't mm. want to accept. It's not enough right. to just accept that my mom died traumatically. I think we need to go beyond that and talk about honoring her. Mm. How do we honor the people we lose? I don't think it's through destructive behavior. We take the best of them yeah. and continue to live with that and elevate them with us. It's mm. Star Warsy, and mm, you know, yeah. I mean, Obi-Wan dies and we keep him mm -hmm. and we, we use that love and energy. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that he would, uh, or anyone would, not just avoid and dive into work, but pause and reflect and see what is the essence of that loss of that life mm. and what can I include, not just put a plaque up and such, but what can I keep in my heart every day mm -hmm. uh, and keep continuing. Do you think there'll ever be a, a world, because we talked about the NFL and CTE and obviously we know that the music business can drive someone fucking crazy and we've, we've talked about how record labels should have therapists and mm -hmm. um you know, have that on deck at any time for, I don't want to call them employees, but they're artists, but even not just the music industry and sports, I think in general, is there a world where every company is required to have someone like you and a therapist readily available as part of your employment? And why is that not happening yet? Yeah, I, I think that world is coming. I'm hopeful. Mm. I think we have to have that world because Right now, you know, if I could borrow a, a line from one of the best rappers, you know, I don't think the world is anyone's. Mm -hmm. right? The world is not yours. Right. The world is not mine. Mm -hmm. We belong to the world. Mm -hmm. The world is a living being. It's mm -hmm. a planet. It's not mm -hmm. a rock. Right. This earth is a breathing macro organism. Mm -hmm. And we've given it a fever. <clears throat> All right? It has a fever from us, from our behaviors of digging up oil, sending it hotboxing the whole planet mm. okay so it's attacking us now it's causing our demise 
with its antibodies, its virus. Mm. So if we recognize that eventually this thing is going to explode because the sun's going to incinerate it, just like every star does, mm-hmm. we got to get the hell off in fucking, excuse me, four billion years. Mm-hmm. Why wait till then? Why not start now working together? Mm-hmm. To work together, we have to stop being self-destructive and con- destructive to others. Mm. That's the essence of mental health, you know, is to work together somehow, to share resources and symbiotically behave, not parasitically mm. behave. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that's, I guess everything is kind of big business and politics at the end of the day, and we all know the ph- pharmaceutical and what their actual main goal is. Do you think that's maybe why it hasn't become a priority to have someone like that around your work environments? Because they obviously stress people out no matter what you do. I don't care if you, you work at Amazon or you work at McDonald's. Like, It's still going to be stressful in some way to mess with your ability to work in those environments. But it's even more uh, stressful now. And you mentioned big business. Why hasn't it happened yet? Why isn't it working? Because you know, I, sometimes I feel like, uh, I don't know, Will Smith at the end of that movie... Uh, I am legend, and you know, it feels Sisyphean. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm spitting in the wind, mm-hmm. because no matter if I do, if we lithiated the water of New York City, there would still be problems because government is not paying people enough. Mm-hmm. Because government that we have elected are beholden to profits, not people anymore. Mm. And since the '70s, when I was born, there's a chart that's very telling. Cost of living has skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Healthcare, education, housing, like this. Mm-hmm. All right. Median income since then, since 76, that year when I was born, has been pretty flat. Black median income has been down mm-hmm. relatively. So there's a huge gap as a mm-hmm. result. People are covering that up, mortgaging this, gigging themselves out. But the only thing that's been up with that is campaign financing. That, if we reform that, mm-hmm. and we actually have leaders reaching across the aisle, not going left wing, right wing, but cockpit style, you know, having drinks across, you know, after work and whatnot, connecting with each other like we are, right? Mm-hmm. People from all different backgrounds talking for the betterment of society. That's how we get problems solved, I think. So I say it's always campaign finance first, then it's tax reform to close that loop mm-hmm. because we're being fleeced. Labor, this is about anti-labor. You know, uh, if, if I say my system that I have published on low-dose lithium and addiction treatment, it's anti-racist. No, it's, anti, it's anti-capitalist pig. Mm-hmm. It's anti-hyper-extremist capitalist. We're making money, but we can do well and good. That's what we've stopped doing in this country. Do you think that we should, we need to change because, you know, since forever, it's like everybody's on this same type of schedule. You work five days a week, eight hours a day, and this, you know, you go to school, the kids go to school, and you look up and you realize that you don't really spend a lot of time with family. Mm-hmm. You don't spend a lot of time, you know, with your children and things like that. Do you think that, like you said, capitalists and having to work and not really making money, so you're saying that we, we need to really change everything about the way people live, the way people make money, because you work for... 40 years and you retire, you only enjoy 10 years of your retirement, really 15 years of your retirement, and then you die. Yeah. Do you think that that's something that we need to look deeper in and say, listen, we're doing this wrong. We've been on this system for so long, our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and it's like, there's something wrong with that. You shouldn't be spending more time working for someone than you are with your family and raising your children. I think work is important, 
Mm -hmm. you know, Freud used to say it's love and work. Mm -hmm. That's what life is about. Mm -hmm. It's purpose and pleasure, the mm -hmm. way I put it. But it doesn't have to be abusive. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can have, I, I love going to work. I love Mondays. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I think it's because I love the meaning behind what I do. Mm -hmm. Whether I'm talking to someone who was homeless two days ago, mm -hmm. or whether I'm talking to you know, someone who has the ability to really make change uh, financially for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But it's the abuse part that I hope ends. You know, in Europe, they've done it pretty well yeah. for a long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. You know, they've paid people a living wage. They've mm -hmm. given people enough vacation. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they are labor sensitive. Mm -hmm. Good ideas still come out of there. But right. do, we, do we need the extremism here? Where we have all you know all this wealth continuing to be concentrated and 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 deifying it, mm -hmm. then you know that's eventually. I don't think millionaires and billionaires want to walk around in gated communities, right. do they? Mm -hmm. To be protected like that, right. I, I think it, if I'm hurting someone like that, that's that's hurting me. Well, I right. think one of the, the few good things that did well, not good that came from COVID, but a realization we had was that that eight-hour workday don't really get much done. Mm -hmm. People were working for three hours at, at home during COVID and were getting just as much done mm -hmm. as that eight-hour day. And we're probably in a better mood. Of course, it was COVID. Everyone was, was feeling the way they felt. But you did have some more time to find yourself, mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say. Because mm -hmm. that, that going to the office five days a week, I think companies, now that New York is opening back, are doing limited offices like yeah. we don't even need this mm -hmm. this is kind of crazy come in twice a week we'll yeah. get shit done that way and yet i'll tell you it is in the room where it happens not the zoom where it happens yes yeah. right right i like being here i like meeting you guys i think i feel like we have a good connection and energy here mm -hmm. and yet i think a hybrid approach is what we're headed for mm -hmm. you know, a few days a week uh men and women still need to hunt they still get a thrill of mm -hmm. out of putting on the wingtips and yeah. going to work yeah. rather than staying in you know striped sweatpants mm -hmm. yes <laughs> they're comfortable <laughs> they're very comfortable <laughs> bought, bought them during covid <laughs> um we spoke yesterday uh briefly about treating uh adhd yeah and how that's you know for the last however many years has been going i want to ask not only with children but with adults yeah. i find people especially around my age are now have adult ADD. And I don't know if that's because half of our life was in front of a screen. It could be it, but I did want to get into that and how we treat it not only with children, but with adults. Yeah, I think that's a really good question because uh, while I'm against, you know, the overuse of benzos because they're toxic medicines, it's alcohol in a pill, it reduces REM sleep, it causes depression and worsens anxiety. It's kind of like an opiate for mental health. I am pro the use of stimulants responsibly all right and this is a place where in general women and people of color have been underdiagnosed undertreated you know back in the day you had a classroom full of kids i went to public school in new york uh diverse group if a white kid was misbehaving well let's talk to his parents it must be something wrong black kids misbehaving you're just a bad kid you're going to the principal's office mm. okay if i'm misbehaving uh i'm getting beaten later basically mm -hmm. but uh these were the differences. And if, if a girl has ADHD at that time, she's just spacing out, sitting quietly in class. So no yeah. one knows until she gets an F, mm. right? So once we properly address, okay, are you having serious problems with efficiency, right? Things taking longer, losing things, uh, procrastination, disorganization, 
um, you know, using nicotine, caffeine, sugar excessively, then let's go and do some further testing on it. And if we find that there is, you know, a high degree of score on the ASRS scale, that's a Harvard, Stanford, adult ADHD self-report scale, I use it all okay. the time. You look at that. And if you find that you're scoring high, okay, let's treat it. Let's use a touch of Adderall in the morning with breakfast. And I say pills and skills. I have this system called Oldies. It's a different channel here. But occupation, love, diet, intoxication, exercise, sleep. If we adjust these categories and we give you the right medicine, we see better health, in, uh, health outcomes and better income into your pocket. Mm. And that's what we've partially done in, in our program down on Avenue D. In fact, <clears throat> Mayor Adams, Mayor-elect Adams mm -hmm. mentioned this. He said, half of Rikers, more, has dyslexia, learning disability, ADHD. If we treat this early, mm -hmm. not only do we get more productive young uh, people of color, but we have reduction in impulsivity and crime later because then they don't feel frustrated to medicate that, that they don't feel obliged to medicate mm -hmm. that frustration yeah. of not being in college, not having the right job, having to join, you know, unscrupulous gangs and such. Uh, there's, a, there's an immense potential that we haven't unlocked to just help our kids. Instead, we use hammers, mm -hmm. right? You think investing in bigger sledgehammers, like whack-a-mole, that's helping right. yeah. our society? No, it's, it's, it's inflaming those same people. We need to make the wood more hospitable so mm -hmm. the nails stay, want to stay in it. Do, why do you think that, uh, especially in the black community, why do you think that uh, thera therapy and mm -hmm. seeing a therapist gets such a negative connotation? Well, I mean, we can go back to Tuskegee and such, right, in, in terms of mistrust and medicine and betrayal mm -hmm. of black population. Frankly, I'll tell you that medicine has messed with everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, we've injected people with cancer. And that they, we still have cancer centers named after that doctor. Okay. Crazy. I know. Crazy, right? I'm sorry. It wasn't me, but, right. you know, I mean, I think we still do this now, right? Chemotherapy is basically a nuclear attack on all of your cells. We, we manage with the, with the medicine we have to try and learn. Mm -hmm. COVID is a massive experiment in, the ter in terms of who's doing it well right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that the bigger mistrust is how black people have been treated, right? It's, it's harder to gain trust when medicine has screwed you too and you're supposed to be pure and, you know, sacred and secular. And yet, you know, in this country, it's harder, you know, to, to treat uh, African-Americans because of the legacy mm -hmm. of slavery, right? And how it's been used to improve the bottom line. When I talk with, you know, by African-American patients, I'm trying to spend even more time with them. I'm trying to, not press. Mm -hmm. If they're not ready, it's okay. I, I think sometimes just planting the seed and letting them know that you're not going to push them to an uncomfortable place, even though right now, African-American vaccination rates are lower. Mm -hmm. you know, I, all I can do is provide love and encouragement as to when they're ready. But I beg them sometimes with tears in my eyes sometimes with their children next to them. I'm like, please take care of her because She's gonna get exposed, mm -hmm. this young girl. And if you don't vaccinate her, you know, I I'll say that I was begging you to, but I'll treat her anyway. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, lithium as an immune mineral 
is showing immense promise because like I said before, it reduces suicide, right? Mm. It reduces cell death is really what it does. It keeps you from not killing yourself, your own cells mm. from killing themselves. And the, the cause of much of COVID death is the cytokine storm. Mm-hmm. That's your own red lights, your mm-hmm. fire lighting up your whole body, mm-hmm. drowning in your own spit mm-hmm. in your lungs. It reduces that. So of the 300 patients that I've treated at that center, zero hospitalization, zero deaths. Wow. wow. Crazy. Um, you, you brought up uh, Rikers, and I, I did want to ask you, of course, the prison system is, is not to rehabilitate. It's literally to jail a human being. Yeah. Where do you see, and again, this is an obvious question, but where do you see the prison system has been wrong specifically with mental health and how to rehabilitate a person like that? Because not everyone's doing life. They're coming back into society mm-hmm. and will probably fall back into that system because they're not treated correctly in prison. And how do you feel about people that say, all right, how come the prisoners are getting this free treatment and this free attention instead of some of the citizens that are going out every day paying their taxes and still don't get the opportunity to have the mental health uh, attention that they need. Yeah, I, I think those are both valid points, right? But because if we started to, and we should, it's just a waste of money to house someone there and worsen their perception of society uh, and let them come out even angrier. Mm. I mean, that's not, there's no point to that. That's just just might as well burn money. So at the very least, can we give them uh, a significant library? Can we give them significant resources? Can we not harm them medically in there? Can we do that much mm. and just say, okay, you're here. We want you to leave with as much time as possible in your life to use it for the betterment of yourself and others. And not make, we're not going to make it Shangri-La. It's not a Norwegian, not going to be a Norwegian prison. Okay. But we also, I think, gotta talk about the universal or lack of universal healthcare in this country. Mm. Um, in this country, your healthcare is basically don't get sick. And if you do, die fast. Yeah. So we invest in, you know, um, sugar subsidies and get everyone to a place where they, can't see their toes. And then we pay a lot of money to doctors to rotor root their cardiovascular system. Mm. I mean, this is ridiculous to, to make money abusing people from both ends mm-hmm. rather than say, let's have a tax system where everyone keeps every dollar. Okay. It's transparent in, tra- in Congress. Everyone's wearing their pins like NASCAR. All right. Everyone has limited campaign financing. Everyone keeps that every single dollar from their paycheck, but stuff is taxed more. Mm. All right, so sodas tax more than water. Mm. Pigouvian taxation, fat taxation, sin taxes. That'll work. We tax the hell out of guns mm-hmm. and ammo. We don't need right. you know, to ban anything. Yeah. Have it all. Mm-hmm. Have, ride a tank if you want to. Just have the proper documentation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And the proper background on that. How do you, um, as, a, as a doctor, uh, you know, sitting and talking with your patients, how does that affect you and your, and your mental health? Like, taking in this energy and these and these these stories and trying to help people with their mental health how does that affect you as a doctor you know i think a lot of doctors have been suffering these days um you know me i don't put myself in that in that kind of harm's way mm-hmm. right god bless the uh, the icu docs the nurses 
you know, the people that have uh, shown up at work and, and so at sometimes feel hopeless mm-hmm. with the treatments they've provided, seeing nothing but death, feeling powerless, mm-hmm. and not even being able to treat what they know how to treat well because it's all crowded with COVID. So I, I treat doctors myself and I feel their pain. I really, it's been such a tough time, traumatic time for them. And we're basically skilled labor. Okay, mm-hmm. at this point, we're not, you know, what we used to be in terms of, um, I don't know, island hopping moguls or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, food is medicine. Food is medicine comes from Hippocrates. Yeah. Okay, that's way back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And we are poisoning. Uh, the Western diet is pleasure ridden. Right? Yeah. The, the, the major food group that kids get is tomatoes from ketchup. Right. As my daughter calls it, kepich. Yeah, kepich. <laughs> Loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love French fries too. Mm-hmm. And that's the major be- vegetable that they get. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, beef is way too cheap in this mm-hmm. country. And it's not symbiotic. It's parasitic. Mm-hmm. To feed off of cows like this in my land, it's, they're holy. I still like a good steak, but yeah. I, it has to be rare and grass-fed. I mean, medium rare, but yeah. rarely taken, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. if at all. So mm-hmm. the point is, I think we have to go with a symbiotic diet long-term. Mm-hmm. The things I tell my patients, three liters of water and as many as, as much beans and greens as you can take mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Go vegan throughout the day, at night if you want, sparingly. Right. Go with meat, gotcha. okay? But absolutely, it, you know, Game Changers, great movie, you guys have mm-hmm. probably seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it should be awarded mm-hmm. because it may single-handedly, I think, I Freaking think the Mets should should change their diet. <laughs> Look at these people. Yeah. The most injured team yeah. in baseball. One yeah. of my dreams is to take over. Mm-hmm. Let me take over your health. Mm-hmm. And you will not be injured as a team. Mm-hmm. We will head to the promised land. That's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm all for that as a performance component. I mean, I'm 45. I can still... I can still go mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. With, with anyone on the court. Mm-hmm. And I ride a fixed gear up and down the spine of Manhattan every day. Mm. So I'm for you there. I think it's hard for people to go the extremist way and <clears throat> yeah. go full. Mm-hmm. But if you if you talk to them and say, we love you. This is not about shaming you for your weight. This is never about that. This is about love and encouragement. We want you to be capable, more capable than ever. Good to yourself. Introduce these things. I never tell people what to not eat. Right. Just add more greens. Right. Throw it in the smoothie. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. Go with chickpea pasta. Right. Might take the, mix it up hybrid style. Yeah. It'll be better for the environment. It'll be better for your microbiome. Mm-hmm. That's what was screaming when you went vegan. Yeah. You had die off of bacteria throughout mm-hmm. your gut. Mm-hmm. So be more regular. Right. You know, I oddly talk about bowel movements a lot with my patients. Mm-hmm. I want them to be very regular. Right. Because that means food is not staying and then causing inflammation mm-hmm. in your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't have anything else. If there's other points, that <laughs> no, was, no, this we was made amazing. it to bowel movements. So this was this is like this is like we went through. Everything. Oh no, I got to meet him about my my fiber <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is a gift for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. This is that water I was talking about. Third element water. Oh great, out of Texas. Thank you so much. Oh wow, yeah, it's a nice bottle, glass too. And yes. uh, is there a website or a social is, media uh, page for people Instagram, to purchase? Third element water uh, and a website as well. You know, there are a lot of different ways to get microdose lithium into your diet I think yeah if you, if you look that term up you'll find me g-a-d-h uh you know uh, my, my publicist echo baden great guy uh hip-hop aficionado and, and art aficionado uh 
has has been instrumental in setting this up. So I want to give him props mm-hmm. and thank you guys. You, Just know, you guys are some of the you know uh, leaders I think in in thought and in connecting with uh, the Gen Z audience right now. That's terrifying, Doc. I know. So <laughs> you, your shoulders, you know, uh, don't look big, but they're strong enough to handle this. Well, Doc, I appreciate it. This was a really, really dope conversation. Um, it, it, it opened up a lot of things to me. And um, I'm definitely glad you brought that. I'm a water guy. I drink a lot of water. So. Best one in the world. Yeah. yeah. Definitely glad you brought that. Um, I know you said the website for the water, but where can they reach you specifically on socials? Yeah, I mean, they can, uh, I, I think Googling me is probably Better. ideal. Uh, <laughs> if you look up Dr. Gad, Dr. Gad, whatever, G-A-D-H, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see me. There's only one. Uh, and uh, low-dose lithium. I think that's a better thing to look up because I, I want to be really less about plugging me or any company than, yeah. than the solutions mm-hmm. to help. Uh, again, I'm not biting the hand that feeds me. I say if you're happy with your current treatment regimen, great. Mm. Uh, I think this can only help, kind of like fluoride and good dental hygiene. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I just want to massage out the arthritis mm. of the hand that feeds me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Doc. Uh, appreciate, really appreciate you for it, coming, man. man. Thank you. Thank you, guys.